Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I think with that song, it kind of let me prove, I guess, like how versatile I was, you know, and I was very satisfied with showing the world that because I feel like I had got boxed in. Mm. I take, he make the same type beats, you know what I'm saying? That the Memphis shit or whatever people wanted to criticize me about. But I felt like when it came to the Beyonce song and producing it, it really got to like showcase my true talent. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, we in LA. And ever, whenever we have these music conversations, it's always exciting. Because we like to debate music all the time. Yes. Just was having a music conversation offline. Um, so, <laughs> so we got the we got the opportunity to talk to my boy Take Key. Take Key. What's up? Take Key, fuck these niggas up. <laughs> <laughs> so um we actually met at A16. Shout out to A16Z. We met at their um, I guess conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was about. yep, it was that conference. Yep. And if you don't know who A16 is, that's the Adrian Hardwitz um cultural leadership fund that's their uh, investment arm mm-hmm. right and they have a lot of uh, athletes and entertainers and cultural figures that invest in their venture capital fund yeah so um we met him and obviously if you're into hip-hop music you know his 
resume when it comes to production. Everybody from Drake to 21 Savage to Beyonce, hmm. um, Travis Scott, yes. Sicko Mo. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on. So, you know, one of the greatest producers of our generation um, has a tremendous discography when it comes to music. But what is interesting is that he's he's very much into entrepreneurship and business. Um, so we're gonna talk about music, we're gonna talk about business, we're gonna talk about investing, we're gonna talk about the whole the whole gambit. And he's young too. Yeah. I think that was the one of the things when I saw you in Cali and I was like, yo, I was so happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah. the, the, these spaces in these rooms, a lot of times you don't see us in it. It's, and then it's not many. It's not many. And to be in the industry you're in, you don't see people looking at the investment side. And so exactly. yeah. you know, yeah. being how young you are and being in that space, I'm like, Oh, the future's in good hands. Yeah. It's in great hands. <laughs> so first and foremost, thank you for joining us, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, for Bye. sure. Yeah. So let's get into it. All right. All right. So let's start with the music coming yeah. from Nashville, Tennessee. Not from Memphis. Memphis. From Memphis. From Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Correction. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a connection with Nashville, all right? Yeah, I went to school, went to college in Nashville. Went to and, college um, in Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, Middle Tennessee State, outside of Nashville. And um, about... My studio in Nashville. Okay. I knew there was a connection with the Nashville. Yeah. So how did you get in? A lot of people have dreams to get into the music business. Right. Very few people are, are able to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible to reach the level of success that you have reached. So what was you, how, what was your journey into, you know, getting to become a superstar producer in the game? Um, it was a long journey. I think it, it, it was just phases in my life, you know, starting from... Middle school, you know, 12, 11, 12, experiment with, with sounds and computer programs and trying to understand what direction I want to go to. It went from that to me trying to record music. It went from that to me realizing I can make beats, you know, producing music. Who taught you? Did you teach yourself? Yeah, everything was self-taught. So... It went from that phase to me going to college, doing producing, and then picking up DJing, you know, and it just kind of all connected, like, my senior year, last semester, you know what I'm saying? And to, who, who was the first, like, artist that you really, like, gave a beat to and kind of, like, it, it started to really spread? It was, um, like I said, it was it was multiple scenarios going on because I knew I, I understood the power of network very young so I would say one of the first people who I was working with at the time was my homeboy baby OG and um, you know he was going by Young Nick at the time and basically he had did a, um, a Hot 107 that's like the main hip hop radio station in, in, in Memphis he had did a, a competition and um, won the competition he was like top finalist for the competition, and that was like my first time having my music on the radio mm. in in some somewhat of a rotation, you know. In the mix of that, I was working with Key Glock also, you know what I'm saying? We was I was like in in the tenth grade, we was working, putting out mixtapes on that Piff, and um, you know that was hot at the time. We was trying to get to live mixtapes. We was trying to get to. Um, like Spin Rilla had just kind of got high, so we was putting out music like that too. And um, 
also in the mix of that, around that same period, I was working with Blockboy JB. Mm. You know, yeah. So. I, so like you're saying these names, and I'm thinking like at this time because. You're from Memphis, which is not like most people are not gonna think, yo, that's a hotbed for hip hop right. artists. But this is a different time, right? Because you said Key Glock, but you got you got Black Youngster, you got Dolph, you got yeah. Gotti, obviously. Like, are these people influencing how you're trying to make the music, or is it like, are you listening to New York or what Atlanta's doing? Nah, nah, that was definitely the Memphis influence in my music, like the old Gotti and the old, you know what I'm saying? Like it was it's it's artists that y'all probably never even heard of who influenced Memphis as the you know, the culture like so much that it was like, damn, you know, it take it take it take people like Drake to uh put a player fly sample in a song where y'all be like, Oh, who the fuck is player fly? <laughs> y'all looking up player fly now, y'all see, oh damn. So he has so much influence in Memphis, especially in the nineties when my parents, you know what I'm saying, was was coming up. He was making music then. Mm. You know, player fly, you got um like people like Criminal Mind, Frazier Boy, you know, uh Skinny Pimp, you know, you got you got like Mac E. You know, the list goes on. It's so many people. Like, even like OG Boo Dirty. You know what I'm saying? Y'all never heard of Shout out to all of Y'all heard of OG Boo I'm like, yo, damn. I thought I was OG a hip-hop Dirty baby. Got one of the biggest influence in Memphis. OG Boo Dirty? Yeah. Never, and y'all never heard of him. Nah. Yeah. We gonna learn today. I got D.I. research, <laughs> man. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I mean, it's important um, to know regionally was... Because every, every region has their own underground artists. Yeah. may not have been you know, worldwide or, or reached, but they have a strong influence right. there. Like, you know what I'm saying? And especially, like like you said, Memphis is like one of the hard, hottest cities right now when it comes to music. Because mm -hmm. of um, Gotti and, and all of the guys out there that's really, you know, doing their thing. But previous, it wasn't always like that. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have like a LA or New York or Atlanta where, you know, if you become hot in those cities, you're going to be hot all over right. the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But a lot of times, like, if you're from Oakland or if you're from Memphis or if Houston, Texas, like, there's people in Houston that was... Slim Thug was already a millionaire by the time we heard of him, but he was already big in mm. Memphis. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's, it's dope because each region kind of influences. And then, like you said, with Drake... Like I think Drake, I think his stepfather is from Memphis, right? I mean, his, his father, dad, his father from his Memphis. Dad, right? Yeah, he spent summers. And he used to spend summers out there. Yep. So that's how his influence, his Memphis influence, yeah, the time, came. Yeah. And him being the biggest in the world, he when he does songs with Block Boy JB or he starts to put different influences in, that's a way for the world to kind of see Memphis. Mm -hmm. So what's the first song that really went crazy though? Um. What what you would say? Uh, I think I think one of like what 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 was the first song y'all probably heard of me? I think it might have been Look Alive. Look Alive. I think it Look so, Alive because that was like there was just so many factors to that. Obviously the song was crazy. Drake went crazy on it. Right. Then the the dance. Uh huh. Now, so the dance came from Shoot. Shoot and that shoot. was so that's yours too. That so was that was the original. Song. That's now when people heard that the the um, they saw people doing it and they were like, no, the the move is called the shoot. Yeah. So now it was like shoot. Sure, you gotta go listen to that record. Yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite, and then they went crazy. Yeah. So, would you? Is that the one that? Oh, you gonna say something shoot, different? So yeah. Shoot was the, is the, so, the one. Shoot's the dance. That was, that, that's, that's, yeah. Shoot was the song I was gonna say, but I wanted to see what y'all okay, was gotcha, gonna say. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So, shoot was the original song that went viral that me and Block put out. You know, self distro it, and 
we went viral, you know, and that was like 2017. In the in the mix of that, I was also doing records with um, Money Bad Yo and Black Youngster. We had a one of the biggest club records in the South called Gang Gang. If y'all heard of it or not, but you play Gang Gang right now, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama. Anywhere in Tennessee. That's an anthem. They gonna know a word for word. Look it up, gang gang. No gang, video. Gang. It went it was just put out on um Spinrilla, you know what I'm saying? It was just like some I guess like some last minute shit and it just went crazy. Like that that shoot and um I'd say like uh after that, like Rover mm. in the mix of that, then me and Key Glock put out Russian Cream. All this was in the same time within a year span. So Cooking up. That's when it, it you just. And then shit, from there, you just, one thing led to a next and it just went crazy. Yeah, well, God, for real. Cause it was like, it just, everything, just the universe just centered to me, like everything. I was, shit I was working on five years ago, shit I was working on a year ago, shit I was working on two years ago, things that just connected all at one time. It just, so as that's happening, because yeah. you, you, the, the success is growing, the records is playing, there's a business side for it too. Yeah. So being that you were so young at the time when you were creating the music, did somebody put you on the game? Or was that something you had to learn as you were going? I was very naive to the business side. And it took situations for me at a young age to realize I need to get serious about the business side. You know, it was times where it was I was on a, on a basically like the shit end of the stick. Mm. You know, and I'm, you know, underage at the time, got took advantage of in a music situation. And, you know, it, it just, I'm, I'm not going to get too much in detail, little, but it basically taught me the business, mm. you know. And um, I just, I was like 16 and shit went left. Um, you know, Memphis ain't had too many resources. My my pops tried to do what he could. You know, we just, it just, something that just made me go so much harder. Yeah. And, um... You know, probably like maybe when I turned like 18, I started to know more about like, all right, you can get paid from this. You can get paid from that. You can get publishing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can get you can get mechanical royalties. Oh, okay. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah, so those are, those are the things that, and I'm glad, I'm glad you're bringing light to that because when people make music, they don't know those things. So obviously you can sell the beat. Right. But so, what are the other things that that you can make money from making the, the the actual music? Yeah. So the thing is, when you sell a beat, just like exclusively, like to a label or artist or something, you selling the masters to it. Right. You're not owning the masters to the beat no more. That's why people charge so much up front, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Like big producers charge that much up front because if that was the case, if the artist was to put out the song, or the labels to put out the song, that producer would be entitled to how much of a percentage, you know what I'm saying, he can get out of the the scenario. Mm -hmm. But it's a set rate when he's selling the beat because he's selling them the master to the beat. Okay. You know, it's part of the song, master. Can you, um, what you said mechanical? Yeah, that's on the mechanical side. Like the song, you putting out the song, the record, mm -hmm. the actual record, then you got like the publishing. Okay. So um, how important is it to, so producers get 50% of the publishing? If you did the beat by yourself, yeah. Okay. So how important is that? Because that's something that Ryan Leslie had talked about with us. He does right. a lot of production. 
Ryan Leslie. I, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. 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 He's he real talented. Yeah. 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 That, that was really but, uh, <laughs> so how important is that for producers to keep publishing, to know about publishing? So um, publishing is what producers, there's, like I said, I said this before, publishing is what I've made my living off of the past five years. Mm. I have seen little to no money on the mechanical side for various reasons. Agreements not done, you know what I'm saying? Um, like labels and, you know, it's just, it's a lot of reasons. You know, it's like holdups on, on a lot of that. So as far as the publishing, you're in control of it. You don't have to wait till the label get this cleared and get this paid or whatever. You're in control of it. So when it comes to a publishing situation, nine times out of 10, if you get a hit, you're going to get a, you know, a radio hit, you're going to get some money, a nice little lump sum on the publishing side. Mm -hmm. It's up to you if you want to do an ad mid or you want to do a pub deal. The difference would be, is you know what I'm saying, what, what you own it and how much you getting. Like, so the, the admin deals, like an admin, they track it down for you and they take a percentage for it? It's That's the same thing with a co-pub. I guess the difference would be what they own and other and what you getting up front. If you do a co-pub, you might say, I want a million dollars up front. You do an ad meal, you might, they might be like, no, nah, we can't give you a million. We'll give you a couple hundred thousand. It's just whatever situation you might, you know, be. The inspiration from others drives us forward. Their resilience pushes us to excel, and their path navigates the way towards freedom. Ford is proud to celebrate black history, not just this month, but year-round. They're committed to being the fuel for change, supporting Ford Fund programs centered around economic, educational, and empowerment opportunities for our communities to continue creating the future. Learn more at FordFund.org. Build Ford Proud. Yeah. And then so every time your record gets played, mm -hmm. you get some money for that, right? That's like the publishing. Mm -hmm. So if they're playing it on the radio, if they're doing anything, like if it's getting spent on a Super Bowl ad, whatever the portion of that, the publishing, that goes back to you yeah. on a residual basis, yeah, like monthly. Well, it ain't, it ain't monthly. Or quarter, whatever. Quarterly, quarterly or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so as a producer, are you, you're not, at the time you're doing this, you're independently doing this. You're not <clears throat> signed to a label and you're like the in-house producer for that. Like, there was no label. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I didn't sign, the, you know, no, no label. I just was trying to do everything independently till I learned the whole structure. Right. It was tempting, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. people throwing money and opposite at you, you want to know, like, if you if you throwing me this up front, how much you really making of me? Mm -hmm. You know? So you said something, like, you was like, a lot of producers say that they, they don't get paid for beats or they waiting to get paid and mm -hmm. they haven't gotten paid. And you said something to that effect. Why is that? Like, what what causes a producer to not get paid for for a beat? Um, it's various reasons. You know, majority of the time, it just it just be like the the paperwork ain't done properly. You know, signatures ain't signed. Um, somebody else putting in a claim. It might be somebody saying they they wrote you know uh, or whatever they want to. Another producer might come in the picture, be like, "I did this," or you know, somebody sampled this. It's various reasons, but it's the majority of the songs are you know going through this process now. That's crazy. Yeah, that is tough. So even when you have like, if you do, you're doing a song, you're producing it, somebody mm -hmm. comes in, I guess they add 
maybe you know let's add a drum to that mm. technically they co-produce it with you how does that work do they get like points um from, from the it could be both sides okay you know it just depend on what they negotiate with me or what you know they actually put in on it. like if they did a significant part or you know whatever the case might be they for sure are tied to publishing you know so as far as a lot of I've heard before um producers they'll send beats to artists and then the artists will pick it or the artists will like it and then obviously some artists they'll reach out to producers for beats what what have you done have you done that where you just send a package of beats to said artist and then let him go through it or, <clears throat> like what's your process for that like like when I when I'm getting placements with people yeah um they and and being in the studio with artists you know, so you do it. You do it in person. Both, yeah, yeah. I do both. I feel like you know, it just depends on the vibe or the artist, or really, it could it can be the vibe or what I'm in. You know, I might be like, I'm in a I'm in a mode where I can just make way more beats and, and a better vibe at, at you know at home or in the studio by myself and send it off, or it can be a vibe where I'll be like, all right, uh, I got a link with this artist in town. Let's go on cook up there and that way. How was it working with Beyonce? Yeah, we ain't going there. He just asked it out. He's like, I'm like, yo, damn, you fast forward already. So blatantly. Oh, we can't can't talk about Beyonce? No, I'm not saying, but I'm just, because before we get to Beyonce, like, we got to, like, the the Black Boy JB record is big. Obviously, Drake's on that. Yeah. But there's a transition, and obviously from your life, from that point to sickle mode. Mm -hmm. Because sickle mode, is something that's very rare for producers, right? You have sold 10 million records. That's 10, that's a diamond record. Right. So talk about the journey from from, from that moment with, with Shoot and, and Look Alive to uh-huh. Sickle Mode. And like now that they know that tagline, like how many people are coming after you and then boom, on top of that fast paced like success, as it seems to us, yo, you, you have the biggest record to date that you've, you've made. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like? Um, that process was 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 cool. I think I look back on it like I, everything was kind of like a blur for me because I was in school. I'm, I'm having to fly out of town every weekend. Sometimes I'm getting back the morning of from the airport the morning of, you know what I'm saying, trying to make sure I get to class. And I'm I'm just working with everybody. We going, you know, doing interviews. We in New York. We in L.A. We in Miami. You know, on top of that, I'm trying to balance personal life. Yeah. Um, I I feel like that moment was was a real like challenge for me. You know, I was going through a lot at home too with my mom at the time. She um she was battling um some some mental health issues. So I was in the process of getting that situated. Um trying to get school balanced, you know. And also work with these artists like Travis Scott. Mm. You know, getting in the studio and lock in and, and work and still keep a smile on my face and understand what God gave me and blessed me with. You know, I can't take it for granted. Yeah. So keeping all that in mind, I just was full force like grind mode. It was a blur. I just knew I had to get to the next level. Yeah. So, you know, I think they came out on that summer. Uh, when was it? Like August? I feel like 18. August 18. That was my last semester. 
I was taking summer classes. I wanted to ask him, like, yo, bro, at what point are you like, yo, this this school thing, like I was taking summer classes too. So I I was like, you know, at that point, I had my, you know, my my record with Travis and Drake. And I'm like, all right, it's my last semester. Let me get through it. But I'm glad I stuck through it because at the end of it, the last, literally the last week, my last week of college, the song went number one. You know what I'm saying? So that that just told me, like, if anything, it showed me God wanted me to stick with it mm. and keep going because I feel like it got me so much further just being able to be like, I got a degree and I got a number one record. I don't think nobody else did that in history. I remember seeing The same it. week. Yeah, you know I, 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 it was like a uh, college student has number one record. I remember the, the, the headlines for it. Right. So, like, as you as, are you walking around campus and, like, are you the— I mean, you got to be, are you the man? Are you sleeping in a dorm? Like, what? what are you, what's your life nah, like see, at that time as you're doing this? Nah, I had an apartment. Okay. I had a spot, me and my niggas. We had a little spot off campus. Uh, um, You know, I'm staying off campus. I'm driving to class every day. And I had a nice little whip, little Camaro at the time. <laughs> was with, I miss my Camaro. But yeah, you, I was, I was DJing. You? That's another thing. I was DJing also. So I'm balancing all this. Okay. I'm DJing. I'm having parties every other weekend. In college? Yes. What was your major? Some bullshit. <laughs> Don't talk about that. I know a couple I got people a, graduated I got a, with that degree. Hey, <laughs> I, got a, I got a bachelor's. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I got a minor too. So, you know. Hey. So it matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it. It's a, I did it. I did it. Yeah. And I got a number one while I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So, can we talk about Beyonce or can we cannot talk about Beyonce? That's a moment. I mean, it's a... Let me talk about the moment. Yeah, it's you know, a moment. Um, at the time, it was just like unbelievable. You know, um, I think the the record had dropped when... Um, uh, she did... So she put out... She did the Coachella performance. Mm-hmm. And then right after... Coach, she called it the Homecoming album. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of Homecoming, it was, it was like a documentary on Netflix that we watched. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that the song played. And it was when, like, when was it, though? I can't remember. It must have been in April of... Yeah, yo, you researched that one for me. It's in April of maybe nineteen or eight, somewhere around there. I just remember a moment where the record came out, and it was I don't want, I don't know if it was Fourth of July or what, but when I went with my family, like went home, it was it was what it was what April two thousand nineteen. By the Fourth of July, I'm assuming that's when it was when I went with my family. They had knew the whole song. It was crazy. And dance like, too. Yeah, and think about that but though. A family like, reunion, yo, like it was, and it was changed, the perfect moment. It was like changed black music. Right, I'm, that plays every party, mm-hmm. every barbecue, any gathering. There's black people. That song's coming on. Right. When you were making it, mm-hmm. did you understand like the ramifications <laughs> of what you were doing? It was, it was, yeah, a, it was, it was a good was, sample too. Yeah, I pre- it was three samples actually. It was it was three samples in there. Um, but. I think with that song, it kind of let me prove, I guess, like how versatile I was, you know, and I was very satisfied with showing the world that because I feel like I had got boxed in. Mm. I take, he make the same type beats, you know what I'm saying? That the Memphis shit or whatever people wanted to criticize me about. But I felt like when it came to the Beyonce song and producing it, it really got to like showcase my true talent. That's what I feel like was the most achievable moment for me in that situation. Um, 
Okay. So let's talk about the business side. So at what point do you say, okay, I'm making music. I'm making money doing music. I want to start investing in tech companies. Yeah. Uh, I think what it was is me just looking at, um, all right, let's take it back to like 2016, 2017. I had bought like half a Bitcoin. Okay. And it was- 2016, you said? It was, it was somewhere around there. I had bought it, spent some of it, you know what I'm saying? It was, I was just trying to, you know, I guess, learn it. Learn the market. You know, I had bought like some Ethereum. Like, put you, you know, put you on the crypto? Nobody. I just was looking it up. Yeah. And this was like when I was like broke. <laughs> like, but I was I was making some type of money. I I knew I I had enough money to try to invest in the crypto space, you know. So I had a Coinbase account, and some way somehow the money got lost, you know, transferring it or yeah, something. Yeah. They lost the money, whatever. And I had got completely discouraged, you know. So, you know, maybe like two years after that, I'm like, you know, I got a little bag now. Let me try to start, you know. Mm. Put some money in like putting some money in there. I tried, yeah. you know, putting a couple, couple thousand here and there. You know, that went to me getting into um like early twenty one. Me getting into um the um the the crypto space and also with the NFTs too. Mm -hmm. So when I got into NFTs, I had bought um I had bought a a board eight, well, a mutant eight. If y'all for me with yeah, that, it. and um. They did like a drop. Um, it was some type of drop where they gave us ape corn, and then it was like thirty or forty thousand dollars at the highest. I'm like, I really need to get into this. I just made, you know what I'm saying, the most money I didn't, you know, online digitally. Like, so then that's when um me and me and uh my manager Cambrian started talking more about on what we should invest our money into. Like, you know, at the time we had just did our um, uh, what it what it is the life insurance policy? Oh, yeah, life insurance. Yeah. We put some money up, oh, and it sounds and, like you was watching Rain Legion. Um, we put we put some money up in um and some stocks, and you know what I'm saying, like some uh, e, what it is ETFs ETF? and all that. And I had bought my property. I had bought my first house cash, and you know, I just I wanted to know what what else I can do get some money in. So. You know, we was like, let's, let's focus on, for the next couple of months, let's focus on trying to realize or figure out what we can do with these investments in, in startups and private equity and all that. Which makes sense as to where we first met. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. Um, from there, did you start investing in companies like yourself or, or did you start going to like people like a16 and then let them invest for you both um we was doing a couple um like i had the the first company i had invested into was this company called um what was it uh earthrise hmm. you know um and it was a lesson learned you know what i'm saying and you know it was it was it was a good situation with the beginning of it but um I, I learned to just kind of like go more with, um, I guess, like companies who backed by uh, venture capitals. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm realizing like, all right, if this company can get potential funding and all this and that, that's better than me trying to be a good friend and invest in somebody ideal and, you know what I'm saying, go from there. It's business at the end of the day. I ain't wasting money. I ain't doing, I ain't getting into this shit to lose, you know? So um, 
that's when we we got introduced to everybody. Um, and um, Andreessen, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, we was like, all right, what companies could we invest in to kind of get our feet wet and learn more? And then I did, um, I had did Sound XYZ, which is like kind of similar to the NFT space that I'm in. Basically, you put out a song as an NFT and, and sell shares of it, and you could resell. You know what I'm saying? That was the first uh, company that I did with a VC. Then um, I ended up basically. Uh, um, getting it to Pathwater, which is kind of like my favorite right now. Pathwater basically is this company. They sell alkaline water, you know, out of a recycle can, and they got it in all stores. You know what I'm saying? You probably go down the street up the street or some CVS or Walgreens or something, get some Kroger. You know, y'all know Kroger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wherever. But Pathwater was one of the companies that I was like, all right, I'm kind of getting in the groove of it. I'm feeling it more. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm getting comfortable with it, like, just to be able to be invested in something like this. Yeah, so you when, when, you, when you're looking to invest in a company, like, what are some of the things that you're looking at? Is, is, has, like, is it innovation or is it something that, like, I, I can see this changing changing the world? Like, what, what's right. your, what are you looking at? Um, the people first, you know, who is a part of this company, you know who who like I can build a good relationship with within the company. You know I, ain't, I and I'm the type I like to be hands on. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to just invest and then check back in you know five years and see what I made. I like to get on the calls, get on the zooms. Let's figure out some. Use my brand, take keep. There's something we can do a collab. You know what I'm saying? That's how I'm thinking. Like all right, let's let's put out some type of. Um, you know, product with with the school system with a, in collabs with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I be thinking, like shit like this. So, when it comes to these brands and companies that I'm invested in, I like to be hands on. I like to learn what they got going, how I can be a part of it, and how we can build. So, like, did you have a mentor in the space that was like when you first started that was educating you, or even who introduced you to A sixteen? Like, how did you get the relationships or the knowledge to even know? Uh, well, it really was just me, me and Cambrian just uh figuring out who we can get in contact with, you know, and just trying to uh, I guess like meet people. We met uh Derek and then um who was we met there. Megan, 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 Derek, and they introduce us to other people, you know, in in Adresen, and we just kind of like went from there. So we just been learning from them as we go. But they know we hungry for it, and we probably like the only, you know, young black dudes in the music industry who really serious about it right now. You know, everybody else kind of like, you know, get into it when they're a little bit older. We just get, trying to get the head start in it, you know. Yeah. So, I- it's interesting you said that because as I, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, yo, this is dope because we had a conversation with Timberland, mm-hmm. obviously a legend in the game, especially in, in the world of producing. And he was talking about some of the mistakes he made because he didn't really have the education. And when I hear you talk and, and shout out to Turbo because I, I met we yeah, Turbo, Turbo yeah, my and he brother. was saying like, yo, that's my bro. Yeah. And the way he was talking, I was like, yo, oh, this generation is, is completely different. Like yeah. they're really serious about it because they're getting the money. He also has a diamond record. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, we know what to do with the money. We're finding out what to do with the money. Right. We're not just wasting on anything. So do you see that amongst uh, other young producers coming up? Because I know yeah. you, y'all two have that connection. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think when the young producers come up, they kind of look up to to like me. I'm from the, 
you know, the the music side, but also when I get to talking to them and, and they get to knowing how I am, they get to looking at me like, uh, this nigga serious, like he on his business. So I like to put them on game, you know, let them know like, all right, you get your business manager, make sure you pay your taxes. You need to do this, you need to do that. You know what I'm saying? If you, I would advise you sign here, don't sign there. You know, like, and so I always put the, the youngins on, on game because like I'm 26 now. It's, it's new producers making hits who, 16, you feel me? <laughs> 17, 18, you feel me? So even my producer signing up, same shit. So yeah. I think now it's more about like me spreading the information, like letting them know like it's ways you can invest this money. Rather you, you know, do it this way or that way. It's ways, you know, it's up to you. You know, and that's what I had to tell my producers. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But I'm like, hey, yo, you're going to get this money one way or another. Yeah, I want, I want to talk about that because you said like <laughs> Your producers. Yeah. And so at what point did you decide to say, all right, we, let's create something where I can actually sign the talent and help them develop their sound? I think it was um, when I was 20. I'm like, let me go on and on then. You sound like that's like a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, six years ago. <laughs> I, was, I came up with the idea like, you know, I need to build my label, start my label. And, you know, by the time, like a year after that, I was like, all right, let me form my company. Let me go on and sign a producer to start off. I signed De Niro Loves. I signed him. And then, like, maybe like six months to a year later, he produces first hit with Moneybag, Yo, and Meg the Stag, the Stag, and uh, all that. Mm -hmm. So that was all of him, like, just me helping them develop them, showing them what to do, what not to do, work your moves, and me introducing him to Bag and him building his own relationship with him. You know, yeah. and, and they just getting to that point. Feel me? So you opened a studio. Yeah. In uh, Nashville. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. So um, I got a good deal on the building. You know, um, it was my first commercial property. I own five properties, you know, in total. So, but this was my first commercial property. So um, it was a different type of experience, you know, just like the interest rates on that and with the, the down payment and all that. So, um, I had basically found the good bid. I had a, a perfect realtor, you know, commercial realtor, and she basically found the off, uh, market property for me. And, um, I just went, went, went alone and gone on, get it, put like 15% down. You know, and put like extra fifty thousand in renovating it, and it's almost done now. It ain't open yet, but it's almost done. We got one room done, so we um, you know, it was just basically like time for that that foundation, that space for me. You know, uh, Cam office. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had that that space for our producers to come in town, and we just needed that. You know, we I feel like you spend a hundred thousand on jewelry. You spend, you know what I'm saying, 200 racks on cars and, and shit. You go buy property. You go buy commercial. Mm. You ain't got to just buy cribs. You buy commercial properties. You at least Money. It comes with a lot of questions. How do I save? Where should I invest? Can I build wealth to pass on? It's hard to know where to get answers. That's why the people at Fidelity do what they do. To make it easier for you to get information to make better money decisions. It's what they've built their business on. They've got articles and videos, tips and apps, and insights and perspectives that make planning, saving, and investing a little less stressful. And when you want to talk it through, there's a real person on the other end with real answers. 
Helping people is what they do. And they can help you too. Help you buy a home, save for your kids' education, start a business, support your community, and feel more confident about the future. Want to learn more? Visit Fidelity online at fidelity.com slash black wealth. What you can do is 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 uh, rent them out. You know what I'm saying? So you so um the idea is to rent it out to artists and producers that's looking to, you know, make music, obviously. Mm-hmm. Why Nashville and not Memphis? Because like Memphis is so hot right now in music. I, I'm not sure I haven't heard of anybody that's come out of Nashville since Young Buck. <laughs> Um, no, no disrespect. I just nah, nah, haven't heard of him. We went so, to Nashville. So we yeah, no, and, I just, just haven't heard of him. And I'm glad you asked me that. So, Nashville is known as Music City. Why is it known as Music City? Because it's the home capital for country mm-hmm. music and pop. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is like you have all of these big pop records and, you know, big country artists blowing up out of Tennessee, right? Nashville, Tennessee. Why can't it be a uh, first black hip hop on studio? In the middle of it too, so I was like, "All right, it's a, it's a, it's a big fish, small pond." Mm. All these artists coming in town. I ain't just talking about no rap records. I need pop. And what I country? No, and once you country. said that, now, now I understand it. Now it's, it's not, it's not just hip hop. It's music. Yeah, it's it's, it's music. music in general. And I didn't, I didn't work plays with certain artists out there, and you know, rub shoulders with certain artists, and got songs cuts with certain country and pop artists. But as far as like hip hop. Like, that's my niche. I'm a black, you know what I'm saying, studio, hip-hop hip hop studio owner in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. When you were looking for the, well, let's not, I don't, I don't want to breeze over this. You said you have five properties, so right. I want to congratulate you on that because I don't want to just breeze over it. But when you're looking at the, for the property in Nashville, right. we were in Nashville. We went to the, the, the new African American Museum, which is yeah. incredible. And, you, you know, they got the stadium right next to that and there's right. potential development for the new NFL stadium. The, for black, the black Music Museum. Black Music yeah. Museum. Uh, and the, the new Titan Stadium is potentially... Were you looking at all those things happening and saying, this is where we need to be. Let's find a development yeah. property here. Because when I first... I got to I got to like the Nashville area in 2014. You know what I'm saying? Like fresh out of high school with MT. Like that's in Murfreesboro. It's like, you know, 30, 30 minutes away. So when I was in like coming to Nashville, I started seeing something like what's going on basically in Memphis, which is gentrification. Mm-hmm. You start seeing them build the houses in the hood, where it was the projects. They turned down the projects, building, you know what I'm saying, properties and, and all type of shit. So, you know, six, five, six years go past, I'm coming to Nashville, give me a spot downtown, you know, rent a spot. And I'm like, shit, I'm paying 5000 a month for this shit. And I'm looking around, the whole hood gone. All the hoods in Nashville gone. They only got a couple projects left and they done bought everything and redeveloped it. So I'm like, all right, where 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 the people like me who got the opportunity to do this, how can I be a part of this and, you know, buy b- back the block? Like me understanding like, all right, I got God bless me with this. Let me do right with it. Let me invest and and be a a, a a service to this shit. You know what I'm saying? Me putting a studio in, in, in Nashville with one of the, you know, the most like, I guess like, um, what you would call it, like country music, pop music dominant CDs and putting rap in there. 
You know what I'm saying? But it, it, don't get me wrong, it's black studios in Nashville with, you know, <clears throat> artists or whatever, but just me buying a property was different mm. in the city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was major. So, um, on top of that, like, let me touch on Memphis, too. So, while I'm on the topic, um, the first property that I bought in Memphis was in an area where I started seeing it gentrify 10, maybe like 10 years ago. When I was in high school, this is this area like our Sam Coop over there by Overton Park in Memphis. Like it's like kind of by Bing Hampton. That's where my mom and dad are from. So all that's hood. It's nothing but hood. But it's like if you come like ten blocks up, it get like super nice, like super prestige. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the almost midtown area. So they start gentrifying the hood, like building different properties. So I seen a property on the other side of Summer Avenue, which is like the hood. You got like straight hood on this side. I'm like, you know, I talked to my realtor, uh, Shannon. She, you know, my Memphis realtor. She like, she, she, uh, she said a property is like 40,000. You can buy it right now cash. It's a, uh, what you call it? A turn lock, a turn, turn, turn key. Turn key. Yeah. Like it's a turnkey. You just buy it and change the locks on it. I'm like, Shit, where is it? Turn the key. <laughs> so I, I, bought, I bought that property and then um um like a year later, two years later, when when I came back, the house was worth a hundred thousand. So it went from forty two thousand, I bought the cash to a hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like that quick. So what I did, I started um I got I, I got a um a rental management company. So I'm hands-free, pay them 10%. They run it, you know what I'm saying? Whatever needs to be done in the house, they change it, they build me, you know what I'm saying? That's that. They just take 10% out, out of the, the commission, and I get a check from there, and I'm just letting it build up and up and up. But that basically ties back to me buying a property in Nashville where it's like I'm on the the the, the end of the stick when it came to, like, like the 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 gentrification, but it also was a good deal because when I bought the property and it got appraised, it was already like twenty five thousand more than what I, I purchased it for. So I already had equity in the property. The wind was built in, huh? The wind was built. Yeah, in? it was already built in. Yeah, so and it, it was it's a fairly new property. It was built in twenty twenty. So you know that was like a a cool investment for me. When when you're investing, is there a certain level or uh, do you have like an allocation of saying like, this is the money I made, this is how much I'm investing? Or is it just like, this is a good deal, we can afford it, I'm going to do it? Yeah, that's how I do. Because, I mean, when one thing you will learn about the rap game, when it comes to getting money, that shit up and down, it fluctuates. You might get this amount this quarter, you might get that amount that quarter. If you got it then, and if it's an investment, Gone on do it because I just seen me turn forty thousand to a hundred thousand in like a year or two. So I'm gonna take my money now and put it somewhere else where you basically looking at it like you putting it in a bank account that's gonna make you two times, you know what I'm saying? What you was gonna ten times what you was gonna make and keeping it in, you know what I'm saying, just a regular bank account. So I always looked at it like that. Like, all right, if I got the money, I got the liquid funds to go on and invest in something. Why not go on and do it? So did you always have, like, this business mindset? Because, like, you're involved in tech, real estate, so you yeah. stocks, crypto. Like, growing up, what yeah. made you, like, say, like, I'm, I want to be in the business? 
I think it was just like my mama, like she was a hustler. She did her. She always like hustled. My daddy, he, you know, when he got out of prison, he was a hustler. Like my daddy only worked one job. He worked at Taco Bell when he was like 15. So he been a hustler his whole life. So I seen my parents, like even through the struggles, like still make a way. You know, it's just like when when I got older, when it came to my mom, like her having her, her issues and me having to deal with it, I had to learn to be a man much younger. You know, so I'm 16 now trying to figure out how I'm going to buy my own clothes for school and also like make sure I get my mama some money too. You know what I'm saying? So having that mindset like at 16, all right, I can sell beats. I can sell this beat for $150. $200 here this month, you know, I got enough money where I basically can make a decent amount to get my clothes, my drill for school, get mom, do some money, you know what I'm saying, pay my phone bill, like, so I'm, um, I'm having this business-oriented mindset, so by the time I get to college, I'm like, all right, I know I'm not moving back home, I know this over with, I can't really move back home, so let me go on and get an apartment. I ain't got no car. What I got to do, I got to get an apartment across the street from a shopping center where I can get a job. At the Walmart, Hippie Sports, you know what I'm saying? Dollar Tree, one of these spots going to hire me. Mm. So I got the apartment. I co- I, um, I took over somebody's lease. And this was like after, this was my first year after um, in college. So this was my sophomore year, going into my sophomore year, I took over somebody's lease and I worked the whole summer. But in the mindset, like I was in the mindset of, all right, I'm making... $150 a week, you know, at, at my job, $200, whatever it was, I'm getting paid every two weeks. Um, on top of that, I'm selling beats here and there. It's inconsistent, you know. So What you selling beats for at the time? It, it don't, I don't even, I, I probably, whatever, whoever the fuck you had, you had $10, <laughs> I was selling you that motherfucker. It was whatever the fucking On demand. Nah, man, I'm telling you, whatever you had, it would get, like, so, I was so, trying to get it. So, but you know, you gotta think at the time. I'm trying to, I'm trying to basically uh, save up to get a car, pay my rent, you know, send my mama money, keep, you know, what I'm saying, keep, keep my drip up. You feel me? Like I'm doing all this. So that basically taught me at 18 how to hustle, how to get my money, how to maintain and be on your own. So I have done by that by that time I had done probably like what most of my peers haven't even. Thought of doing was at eighteen, you know what I'm saying? You, you've lived my life. By by that second, by that semester started, that second year, I had enough to buy my car. My uncle, it was my daddy brother. He told me if I had enough, if I made uh, enough money to buy a car, he would go half. So my uncle gave me half on the car. Like he gave me like it was like the car like eighteen hundred. He gave me nine hundred dollars. So that was a plus for me because I, I had saved up the whole money to buy the car. He told me if I save it up, you know, he going to make sure I'm straight. So I did that, paid on my rent, got my refund check, you know, and just made it do what it do. But that, and I basically broke that down to show y'all how I maintained and learned to be more business-oriented when it came to just being an independent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you created a system for yourself because of it was a need basis. Right. Which is now ha- helps you with the structure of now. Obviously, that you you've taken more income, you still have those right. disciplines that you can continue doing. I, I wonder this though, right? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a music, but it's a business question as well. You had successful hits, obviously Diamond Records, number one records, but you also are now creating a business where 
your producers are having hit records. Mm-hmm. So which one's more gratifying, right? So like you, yeah. like, I'll give you like, yeah, Jimmy Crooks, number yeah. one record. Spin For You, top five record. Right. Not yours, but it's your producer, producer yeah. which is a business. So which, which, I mean, is it a different feeling or is it equally as gratifying? No, it's, it's, it's a better feeling because it's like, I, they let me know like, if I'd done it with me, there's the, the chances was slim to none. Then I made, you know what I'm saying, another person, another, or uh, help another person get to that level. Like, it's like hitting a lottery twice. Mm. You seeing it happen, that moment happen again. Like, you don't get to see that. Even with the narrow, seeing it happen then, you know, it was, it didn't hit me till later. Like, I did it multiple times with multiple producers, even DJ Meach. Like, producing rumors for him with Gucci and uh, Lil Dirk, mm. and that being a big record and going gold, and just seeing my homie who I came up with life change. And we made this beat together in the living room and just seeing it, like, that's the moments that I care about. Like, yeah. it's different than, you want to see your team eat. You want to see your, your homeboys and your niggas eat. But they got to work for it, too. They got to understand this principle behind things. You ain't finna be no fucking leech. You not, you not, you not depending on another man, especially a man who made it. And you know for a fact you had more than him, you know, so... Uh, the thing about my circle, they know what struggle I came from and how I overcame it. And that pushed them and motivate them enough to be like, nah, I can't bullshit. Tay did this. He didn't have half the resources I had. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's talk about um, music, going back to the music. You have a legendary tagline. That yeah. You, you stopped using the tagline. Yeah. Why? What's your thought um, process in doing that? So, I mean, I still use it. I just, certain, certain songs, I choose not to because I didn't want to burn it up. I want it to be where if somebody listening to my my beats, they can recognize it or have the thought of, damn, this kind of sound like a take heat beat, and then look it up, and it is. It becomes more nostalgic. It becomes more of a respect thing. It becomes more of a, a appreciation of the art. You know, instead of hearing the tag, like, oh, yeah, we know it's going to be take TV, yeah, 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 in two weeks. They probably ain't listening to it no more. Mm. But since it was more of a nostalgic moment for them finding out, like, damn, he did produce this. I knew I was right. Or I knew I heard, I knew I figured that would take TV. Like, yeah. who's the, who's the, more who's of the a, first producer to really start using it? Because, I mean, that wasn't always, like, Timbaland never had a tagline. Swiss never really had a tagline. Especially at the beginning stages, he would talk yeah, yeah. on the beat so you would yeah. hear him. But I think that's what, yeah, go ahead, finish. Who's the first? I'm because Pharrell didn't have a tagline, right? These are all super producers in the 2000s. But who's the first producer to really because then everybody started having a tagline, you know? Yeah, I'd have to think about it, but I think what he what you just asked is what he's trying to not do, right? Because like when you hear Timberland's drums. You know, no Timberland did that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, yeah. No, no, no. But, I I, but it's interesting if anybody can look that up. The first half, I just know there's some great ones. Everybody started doing it. How about for your generation? Mustard. Man, Mustard you just definitely. saying shit. Uh, <laughs> Mustard had one. No, it's, it was. Metro, it had to be. Oh, no. it had to definitely be. had it. Yeah. Well, it, it, the first producers in my generation. Probably was like the Lex Luger, uh, Southside, 808 Mafia era. 
You know, then it was like Young Chop. It was it was it was DJ Spins. But why you just throw away mustard? Like is mustard not? He's 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 from that he's from that era, right? He a little bit older than y'all, right? Well, I was I was yeah. I mean, I was I would say mustard came in around that era too. You know, that was that was like yeah. So mustard, you can include mustard. But I was thinking like the 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 so mustard when mustard sound came, it was like also tags was was already kind of like was already there. When these uh, producers was coming up, it was like the mixtape era. This was like you hearing this shit with DJ drops too. Is it drama? Well, drama is not really a producer. So so Cannon was Cannon one Cannon and drama boy. From yeah, yeah, we yeah, 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 yeah. yesterday. That's our guy. Yeah, yeah drummer boy, yeah. real legend. And he, you know, I, I look up to drummer boy because he, um, he was he basically did what I did fifteen years before me. So you got, you got somebody. You know? That's cool DJ Red Alert. That's, 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 that's yeah. No, that's 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 a good one. That's true. But that I don't think Red Alert is a producer. Yeah, he produced. He produced. So Buggy Down Productions for sure. Yeah, and then it changed to the sound, and then it came back. This to, is gonna be on. I one think day. it was it was probably like Just Blaze, one of the Just, Just Blaze, Blaze? Yeah, one of the yeah, early. Just, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was getting that. Yeah, Just Blaze definitely. Just had the joint, but Kanye had the sound. Then uh, David Banner, Banner, hey, David Banner. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, Tags had uh, needed beats. You know, it had been around, but as far as like the you know trap <laughs> trap is. Fairly new trap music and yeah. like the the eight oh eight knocks and shit like that. That's kind of a newer thing. So when when they came like got introduced, Zaytoven. I feel like the tag can like, just like took over. It just definitely, plays, definitely. Took everybody over. has it now. Just yeah. plays, just plays. That was that's actually a good call. Yeah, Who? Banner, Banner too. Yeah, no, no, no for yeah, sure. About him. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Who's your top five producers? Um. I, I couldn't even tell you top five. I just would say um, producers who before I'm a, I'm a, this is what I'm gonna tell I'm gonna answer producers before me and before my generation who inspired me. Okay. Drama boy, DJ Squeaky, um, Timberland, Pharrell, uh, honorary honorary mention. <laughs> uh, I got a name like. More than five though, but uh, damn, who was? Yay, yeah, I can say, I can say, you know, I can say, yay for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. um, it's so many though, yeah. but yeah, I got influenced by a lot of a lot of producers, especially in Memphis too. Like, it's so many producers who had like moments like. Like like I said, DJ Squeaky Drummer Boy, Memphis Track Boy. Like I always say, they know. Like niggas know. Like they definitely had an influence in just what's going on right now. Like, how did you settle on that tag though? Right, because that's the first one that I'm like, wait, they just cursed on that. <laughs> like, I think my son just said that. <laughs> like, like, how, how I settled on it? Yeah, like how did you um, settle on? Keep <clears throat> I had ran through like three tags already. Like my first tag was Take You Producer. That's how everybody in the city knew me. Take he produced it. Like I had two versions of it. I had one version that I did like some uh text to speech shit. You know, like the oh, I was on that AI way. <laughs> TikTok. I was on that shit 15 years ago. <laughs> so I had I had um I had basically uh did that shit like in in, in like high school, like the 
the uh, text to to speech and typed in take. He produced it. It was like a, a robot British woman saying it. Mm-hmm. I just added some effects to it, and I went from from that point on using it. And they just built a a little, a little wave. And then my sister reset reset the tag in like 2012, 2013, like a couple of years after I started using the first one. Mm-hmm. So I started using that one. And then when I got to college, I'm like, no, I'm DJing and shit, man. That tag don't sound right if I'm DJing and pressing it. I'm like, I need a new tag. I was very focused on getting a new tag, so I tweeted that I needed a new one. Lil Juice, Tay Beasy, whatever y'all want to call him. Um, he stayed probably like an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. He had hit me up. was like, bro, you fuck with me on some beats? I do a tag for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, shit, send me some tags. He sent me <clears throat> like three or four options of the take. He fucked these niggas up. Yeah. I'm like, which one sound better? I just added like some reverb to it, uh, delay to it. I'm like, this the one. And I sent them some beats that we just kept in contact. Then shit, probably like six months later, when I put it on shoot, that's when I realized I need to keep using it. <laughs> <laughs> God. How often when people see you, like that's the first thing they say. Yeah, they say that all the time. <laughs> that's the first thing I said when I when I met him. When I was saying thing, I was like, yo, I'm like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> Talk these things. <laughs> that's a that's, yo, did you trademark that? <laughs> yeah. Damn right. I did. Yeah. That's that's the first thing I had. To see, that'd be the business part that people yeah. they they do these things like federal movement once some more. Like, we gotta trademark that so nobody else can use it. You did yeah. that right away. Yeah. Thanks. That's important. You gotta um, trademark your name. Yeah. Extremely important. And you gotta see if your name is already being used or not. Because yeah. that's the worst. You're using it Damn. six months later, you're getting sued. Yeah. But what now I'm thinking about trademark. When you saw the shoot mm-hmm. go crazy, saw it in, in Fortnite, mm-hmm. how'd that make you feel, right? Because you you seeing somebody take advantage of something that y'all pretty much created. Yeah. And weren't compensated. I mean, honestly, it never really affected me. I didn't really give a fuck. I mean, when it came to Block, I know Block was pressed about it because he the one who created the dance, mm-hmm. you know. But of course, like that's that's the the industry we live in. It's full of vultures and copycats, you know. In a situation, it could be somebody getting, you know, what I'm saying like copied or resembled or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a part of. It. So I never really got a fan. I thought it was cool actually, Fortnite using it, but. When I realized, like, what they had to pay for that shit or something, I'm mm. like, well, but, like, you might need to go on and see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to call the lawyers, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. How was Fashion Week in Paris? Nah, that was lit. I ain't going to lie. That that was an eye-opener for me. That's why I really just got serious. When I got back, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get serious about this fashion shit. Um, but it was definitely an eye-opener. I DJed. I had a, a, a party. I DJed. I was, uh, they had me sit front row in a lot of um, shows and, you know, I just really got to experience a different culture, a different industry. And me just using like my leverage from the music to be able to have, a, I guess, a face in that shit was, you know what I'm saying, wonderful for me. What was some of the things that you said it was eye opening? What was some of the things that like really changed your view and really made you want to hone in on, on fashion after leaving there? I think what the 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 first thing was seeing how how smaller community the the rap game was there, but who it was that, that was there. Kodak was walking in. Kodak, yeah. it was a uh, baby. 
It was um, it was Polo G, it was Roddy, it was uh, a couple other people like uh, me. So it went it went too many people there, and I'm like, these is some heavy hitters, but they trying to cross over in that shit just like I am. So they working they moves just like I was. Like it, you know, we over here for a reason. So just seeing it and just seeing how uh, it was like all the events, just meeting all the people. You know, like GQ had an event they invited us to, and just like me going to, um, just seeing um, the show with um, with uh, Kid Super, and how he did that. Like it was a comedy skit, um, fashion show, mm. and Tyra Banks hosted it mm. just to see her, and just like, you no, know, it was just like an hour. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, uh, Yvonne Oji was part of that from uh, Insecure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. It was just like, damn, let me get more involved, get serious. Next year I'm gonna have have me some collabs or something in the in the show. So you in the make so you wanna make clothes? Yeah, I did collabs. I did collabs, um, merch like I did the merch with uh McDonald's. For, yeah, yeah, I saw that for the it was, they, it was like they Super Bowl commercial where yeah. uh, they introduced the uh McChicken sandwich or something? Yeah, the new chicken sandwich. Yeah. So I did the the uh the score for it and we did a merch drop. Take Keith, man. Yeah. Now I know education is obviously something that you took very seriously. So I want to talk about giving back, man. You're creating an internship program for Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, we're doing that right now. We actually got one intern solidified. Um, we're working on a couple other um, with other schools too, Vanderbilt, um, MTSU, Vanderbilt, and we try and Belmont too. So all of them got good programs for the. Um, um, record industry so we starting there we're gonna work our way into Memphis you know just like if it's if it's not us having uh intern for the semester we can have a summer intern and have him come up there and stay in you know we provide housing for him for the summer he get credit you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. just to have that connection with the city since we is in Nashville you feel me oh man you got a lot you got a lot on your plate man looking yeah. forward Let's say, you know, five, ten years, do you see yourself more passionate about music or business? Uh, more passionate about both. You know, um, of, of course, like I wanna, I think what, what my mindset now is being more passionate about the business because I'm, 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 I'm fresh in that water. Like I'm still learning the business as I'm going. I'm 26 by the time I'm 30. I need to have made a substantial amount of money off business. Now I'm just like basically taking L's and, and you know, smaller, smaller profits off, off things now because I'm learning and, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. So the just say like, I got to put my 10,000 hours in it. I did that with the music. So now I'm just at a point now with music. All right, if I'm related to business, Let's continue to sign successful producers. Let's continue to let's let's break uh, an artist. We, I haven't achieved it. Yet. I haven't broke an uh, artist that signed to me. I broke several artists producing for him, but mm-hmm. me signing an artist and and breaking him is something that I gotta achieve. You know, so me trying that, you know, it's been it's been obstacles. I ain't you know just I'm still learning as I'm going. So I guess that's kind of like both. Me saying music and business, you know, on top of what I'm doing, like in the in the VC space, and the, and uh, see how my stocks turned out in five ten years. <laughs> well, I need them to double or something. Long, long, long term hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's tough times right now for yeah, stock market, yeah. but it'll rebound. Twenty twenty three has been pretty good thus right. far. Yeah, this month. Thus far, this month. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, last year. Last year was a tough time, but you got to go through tough times to right. learn from them. Right, exactly. Now, 26. Mm-hmm. The list of clientele that you have on the portfolio, impressive. Obviously, we mentioned the Queen, mm-hmm. Drake, 21. Who's somebody that you you haven't worked with yet that you you would, you would really love to? So I want to tap into the pop world. Um, I'm going to touch on that, and I'm, I'm going to touch on upcoming artists, too. Um, as far as the pop world, I got to, for sure, got to get one with um, Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lizzo, you know. Um, I got some big pop shit on the way too. I can't say, but it's gonna be surprising. But um, yeah, just just me topping the the pop world charts. Mm-hmm. Something I gotta do. But um, I got somebody in mind. <laughs> straight got, up, we'll we'll, t- we'll we'll chop it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as upcoming, like I I, I want to, like I said, I want to break um, some artists from. You know, like like from under me, under like signed to me. Mm-hmm. So like I'm looking everywhere, like upcoming artists, like specifically like in Memphis, of course. But I'm looking everywhere, like it can be it could be somebody from here. Dude, we about to get you know. a thousand DMs, bro. I'll find Tiki, bro. I got a, I got a record. <laughs> yeah, y'all send me some artists. I'm listening to them. Is Memphis the hottest city when it comes to music right now in rap hip hop? One of them, uh, top five for sure. Um, I know New York got that crazy uh, drill wave. Yeah. You know, um, Florida got a well. That's 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 a state, but you know, everybody say Florida. They always just like a, you know combine it as one. They don't say like Tennessee. You oh, know man. what I'm saying? So <laughs> I guess like Florida got a humongous wave. You know, um, like regional wise. Do we gonna say region? So New York, Florida, the uh, Memphis, L.A. And Houston. Houston. Did we not forget Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, Atlanta already. Oh, everybody already know that. Already established. You got to mention Atlanta. You know, Atlanta gone. That's forever. They didn't. Okay. Atlanta was the central of of trap music. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. the that was the home of it. So of course, like I'm talking about, like, like others. You know, you know others. Yeah. That's, that's already understood. Shout out to Ti. Trap music. Trap music museum. The inventor of trap music. He didn't really. We need to put one of them in Memphis. Ti, we need to put a trap. You watching this? Put a trap music in Memphis. Yeah, they got one in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the. That. They got the. Uh, the. Uh, what is it, like a maze? The, or like a. Uh, oh, the um, escape, escape room. room. Escape room. So y'all need to put a trap music in Memphis and call me. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna get it together. Right, we got commercial real estate. There you have it. Makes sense. (laughs) You have it. Nah, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Anything else you want to let the people know and be aware of? Uh, I'm working on my album, you know, so that's going to be big. Uh, Just as far as me putting out music, you know, I'm I'm very strategic with how I go about it. I'm learning the game, you know, just like the industry, social media, the algorithm. It's all all based on, on, on how you do it. So it's just like me. I'm very strategic with how I'm doing. I'm putting my tape together. You know, it's going to be some extravagant shit, some versatile shit. You know what I'm saying? And I just want y'all to know, like, I'm focused on that, but I'm focused on the business, too. The business, the, the music, then the business. But I'm going to do it both. There you have it. Your yeah. future looks promising. <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, see a lot of good things in your future. I appreciate that. Keep up the good work. Y'all got any other questions y'all want to ask? Let me ask y'all one. Ask yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What let's do y'all it. see this 
like the the earn your leisure in 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 five years. Where y'all see it? Good question. So I look at EYL as a media conglomerate that's mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger. So as big or bigger than complex. Okay. To the point where we could start doing a variety of different things, not just business related. Right. And we did something like we did a show in New York Fashion Week last year. So, you know, getting into to fashion, getting into to children, a cooking show, a travel show, different things of that nature, right? And really expanding it, producing content for other people, expanding the network. And the the ultimate goal is to take the company public mm-hmm. and have it on the stock market. Uh, you know, have people, you know, now you can invest in and earn your lease. Right. Like, you know, I think that would be dope for them. Because they watched our journey. They watched it start from the dining room table. Right. My iPhone. That's crazy. iPhone and an idea. And now, Damn. you know, ring the yeah. bell. Ring the bell on the New York stock market. That would be great. Ticker, EYL ticker. I feel that. I mean, we already got the ticker. I think uh, global domination in five years. I mean, we can see it happening now. And people, we kind of laying the footprints for it. Mm. Right? So when you see us in London, you see us in... Nigeria, you see us in Egypt, you see us in Jamaica. There's a reason we're going there because we know that the message that we're delivering is not being delivered at the rate it could be. Right. We're trying to expedite that. Right. And we want to give it to the people in a way they can understand it, but actually execute on it. And so why can't we be in Al Jazeera, mm-hmm. right? That reports on world news specifically for regions. Um, and so we feel like we, you know, it's a revolution for for a reason, and we are the financial missionaries of it. I feel it. And it's dope to see people like, you know, yourself and other people that's champion financial literacy in their own way. Yeah. Everybody's got their own way, but, you know, mm. I feel like it's picking it's picking up momentum and steam. Every day it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and more people are talking about investing. They're talking about crypto. They're talking about Web 3.0. They're talking about right. real estate. So that's important, like, you know what I mean? Because a lot, for a long time, that wasn't part of the conversation. Yeah. So for us just to add that to it, and, um, you know, it's just like a ripple effect and, mm-hmm. you know, see different people doing their own spin on it and, and adding to it. And now it now it becomes a, a real momentum for change, because ultimately that's what the platform was built for, to help change people's lives, to provide them with information that could, right. you know, change their family dynamic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and change the whole, you know, mindset of how people look at themselves and how people think. So right. that that's important. And um, I feel like that's yeah. that's happening. Yeah, that's why when I first when we met. I was smiling ear to ear. <laughs> Straight so I'm up. like, oh, you get, oh, you get it. Yeah. Oh, you really get it. But you getting it, there's going to be a trickle effect. Right. Because the young guys that are watching you are uh-huh. going to try to follow the path that you laid. Right. And even the guys that are older than you are like, wait, this young guy's figured it out? Oh, we need to tap in with him or we need to figure out what he knows. Right. So it changes everybody's trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Nah, for sure that. For sure. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Take heat. These niggas up. We got to mute that, right? <laughs> we want to get paid on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we might have to. Yes. Troy, <laughs> housekeeping items? Yo, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Shout out to all of the earners on EYL University. Shout out to the merch. Shout out to our brothers out here in uh, California, A and B, uh, all money in. You know, they, 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 they opened the, the red carpet for us, man. So shout out to the entire team. Sam, JP, Kavi, uh, BH. <laughs> it's, it's been packed, packed, man. It's, it's been a, a, an eventful time here in LA, man. And, and they opened the red carpet for us, so shout out to them. Good dudes, you know them? No, no. The good dudes, hey, man. Good yeah, dudes. Introduce me to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they super solid. The whole team, man. Yeah. And uh, they got the new marathon store that's opening on Melrose. So, okay. We got a chance to take a tour of it. 
It's amazing. It's crazy. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they got a rooftop. They got a recording studio inside the inside the store. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a landmark in LA, man. So shout out to the whole marathon team. Nip was a real big influence for us. So to come to LA and be able to connect with all of them, um, that was something that was really dope for us. So shout out to the guys, man. Appreciate the hospitality. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Right. Peace. My graduates from my school. Being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.